0: Thank you, you may be seated, and as you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18, uh, we are in our series, What Did Jesus Say? And in this series, we are uh, looking at and learning from some of the teachings of Jesus found in the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because as followers of Jesus, we are called to live as Jesus lived, Love as Jesus loved and walk as Jesus walked. The Holy Spirit in us empowers us to walk, live, and love like Jesus. God is glorified. We are blessed and everyone around us is blessed as we walk, live, and love like Jesus. And so uh, we come to our passage this morning, Luke 18 and Luke uh, is writing, and I will begin reading in verse 1. Luke wrote, He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. Real quick, He is Jesus. Them are the disciples of Jesus, which includes you and me today. A parable is a story Jesus told to share truth about life in God's family. A parable is a story Jesus told to share truth about life in God's family. Jesus used parables often in his teaching and preaching ministry. He told parables, these stories often, uh, in his ministry. There are parables of comparison and there are parables of contrast. This is a parable of contrast. And so let's continue in verse two. Uh, now Luke records Jesus' words. There was a judge in one town who didn't fear God or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice. So she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? This parable is not teaching us that persistent, urgent prayers are the only prayers that work to get God to answer our prayers as if God sits in heaven and he counts and he waits for us to reach our quota of prayers about a specific prayer. And then once we've prayed enough times about a specific prayer request, God says, okay, they've hit their quota. Now I will answer their prayers. This parable is also not teaching us to pester God over and over and over by saying the same prayer over and over and over and over, thinking that by saying the same prayer over and over and over and only, we're going to influence God to answer our prayer. Jesus taught us in the Gospel of Matthew, God knows what we need before we ask him. Jesus taught us in Matthew, when you pray, don't babble like the idolaters who think that they will be heard by God because of their many words. Scripture teaches us to pray always, to persevere in prayer. Jesus used this parable to teach us why we are to persevere in prayer and not become discouraged. He's sharing this story to share truth with us about life in God's family, specifically about our prayer lives as members of God's family. By his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. There are two contrasts in this parable. There's the contrast of the judge with God, and there's the contrast of the widow with us. So let's look at the contrast first of the judge with God. The judge was unwise. We know many things about this judge in this parable. One, the judge was unwise. Jesus told us in verse 2, the judge didn't fear God. Solomon told us in Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear of the Lord, that means an awe of God, a reverence for God, and a humility before God because he is the one true righteous almighty God, is the beginning point of wisdom for you, me, and for everyone. The judge was unwise. Secondly, the judge was unrighteous. The judge was unrighteous. Old Testament teaching in regards to judges in Israel stated that judges were to judge For the Lord, not for man, and judges were to fear the Lord, not man. This judge didn't fear God. He didn't have a relationship with God. He didn't have a desire to please God or to obey God because he was unrighteous. This judge owned his sin. This judge owned who he was because he himself admitted in verse 4, even though I don't fear God or respect man. He wasn't trying to hide anything. His reputation preceded himself, and he was okay with his reputation. The judge was uncaring. Jesus told us in verse 2, the judge didn't respect man. That means he didn't have any regard for man, any care about people. And we certainly see this in his treatment of the widow in this parable. Scripture in Old Testament and New Testament was very clear when it comes to widows, and that is we are to lovingly provide for widows. You can look at the Old or New Testament, you're going to find the same message. We're to lovingly provide for widows. And so he, again, was violating this teaching from God's Word. As one Bible scholar said, this judge was anti-God and anti-people. And that's a tough combination for anyone. Especially for a judge whose job is to help people, to work with people, and to grant justice to people. We also see that the judge was unjust. Jesus referred to the judge in verse 6 as the unjust judge. Now, judges in this day and time, when Jesus was ministering on earth, were corrupt. They would show favoritism and partiality to people, and they would take bribes and money from people, which was obviously in disobedience to the truth of God's word. It was obviously in disobedience to uh, the teaching that Jesus was sharing. We also know this judge was selfish. The judge said, I will respond to the widow because she is pestering me. That means irritating me and troubling me lest the judge said she wear me out the judge used a boxing term he went into the athletic arena uh, and he used a boxing term and he says lest she wear me out it literally means lest she beat me up lest she give me a black eye by her persistent coming you see the judge responded selfishly not compassionately to the widow Now we look in verse six and Luke said, then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. This is key. Jesus told his disciples, which includes you and me today, listen to this. Don't miss this. Hear me when I say this. This is what Jesus is saying. If The judge who didn't fear God and respect man. If the judge who is unwise, unrighteous, uncaring, unloving, unjust, and selfish will reluctantly respond to a widow who persistently and relentlessly nags him and begs him, for justice how much more will our god who is wise and righteous and caring and loving and just and selfless and an awesome and almighty and sovereign god how much more will our god answer our prayers when we cry out to him day and night in prayer how much more listen jesus is saying do not be discouraged Pray always. Do not be discouraged and lose heart because our God is nothing like this judge. God loves us. God knows what's best for us. God always does what's best for us. God wants us to come to him. God wants us to cry out to him. God wants us to pray to him because he loves to answer our prayers according to his will, which is best for us. And so we see Jesus then asks two rhetorical questions that help support this teaching, this truth in this parable. We see the first in verse 7. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? The obvious answer is yes. God will grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night. Understand what Jesus is teaching here, what the scriptures teach us, what we know today, we are God's elect, God's chosen ones, God's called out ones by God's grace alone, through our faith alone in Christ Jesus alone. And that is a doctrine that provides us with great encouragement and excitement for you and for me today and every day. I love what Paul said, Paul in agreement said in Ephesians chapter 1, jot this passage down real quick, Ephesians chapter 1, we can't stay and explain and, and dive through all the depth of this passage, but listen, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Bless be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. We have been chosen by God for salvation in Christ Jesus. We are saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul continued in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10. This is why I endure all things for the elect so that they also may obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul is telling us that he endured hardship and persecution in his ministry so that people could receive God's gift of salvation by placing their faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Since God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, since God chose us in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world, we know as his kids, God will answer us as we cry out to him day and night. He'll answer us. The glorious truth and message Jesus is sharing with us in this parable. Second rhetorical question, verse 7. Will he delay to help them? The obvious answer is no. God will not delay to help us as we cry out to him day and night. We see and know and understand this truth. God's answers to our prayers are always on time. Amen. God's answers to our prayers are always on time. His time, not necessarily our time. Right? His time, not our time. Say that with me. His time, not our time. But we know this as well. And I want you to understand this because I believe this will bless and encourage you. Remember, Scripture teaches us the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God at the moment of our salvation. We get all the Holy Spirit at the moment of our salvation. He seals, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. He dwells within us. And Scripture says that He is our helper. He's our helper. He's not only our counselor, He's not only our encourager, our convictor, our guide, our teacher, He's also our helper. The Holy Spirit is our constant source of help from God. Isn't that good? A constant source of help from God. Will he delay to help them? No, he won't. He is helping us every moment of our day, every step of our way, every breath we breathe, every thought we have. He's helping us because his Holy Spirit lives within us. And so Jesus continues in verse 8. I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. I love it when Jesus confirms that our preaching and teaching is correct. He just confirmed that I gave you the right answer. Will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. So we know, yes, he will help us. Yes, as we cry out to him day and night, our heavenly father will help you. He will help me. He will help us. So here's the general application that Jesus is making for us here in this parable as we are at this point so far in this parable with this teaching. The general application is pray always and do not be discouraged because God loves us and loves For us to pray to him, God answers our prayers according to his will for us, which is best for us. The specific application of this teaching is this. Pray always and do not be discouraged as we wait and work and watch for the return of Jesus. You see, Jesus taught, he told his disciples about his return for them in John or in Luke chapter 17. In the second half of Luke chapter 17, Jesus was teaching his disciples about his return. So this parable in Luke 18 is within the context of Jesus teaching about his return for us as his followers. And so we know and understand that that is the context here. And so we know that Jesus told his disciples that he would return for them. Jesus also told his disciples a sacrifice would come first before his return. If you look in Luke 17, verse 25, Jesus said, But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. But first, Jesus is saying he, that's him, He must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Jesus was talking about the cross of Calvary. Jesus told his disciples he would die on the cross of Calvary, he would be buried in the tomb, he would rise again on the third day, and he would ascend into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God where Jesus waits for God's green light to return for us. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father today, and he is waiting for God's green light to return for us. This is important for these disciples and for us today because... It was easy for his disciples then, and it's easy for us today, as disciples of Jesus today, to get discouraged as we look around at the world around us that is lost in sin. And separated from God because of their sin. It's easy to to get discouraged as we look at all the death, injustice, pain, persecution, sin, sickness, and so many other things that comes our way because we live in a world that is living in rebellion against God and in opposition to God. It's easy to get discouraged. And so Jesus here is encouraging his disciples and us today. Pray always, do not be discouraged. Don't lose heart. Peter agreed, and Peter shared uh, in Second Peter chapter three in verses eight and nine. Listen to what Peter said about this. Peter said, "Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you." I love this. Listen to this. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Try to understand that. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. So Peter understands and agrees with Jesus. He was here being taught by Jesus. Later, Peter wrote about this. And Peter was helping us to understand and realize what Jesus is teaching us here. Jesus is saying, pray always and not To become discouraged or lose heart because God sees and God knows what is happening to us. God sees and God knows what's going on around us in this world that we live in. We are to pray always and not become discouraged or lose heart because God is patient with us and God is patiently working with his world and he is calling his people his chosen ones his called out ones in Christ Jesus he is drawing them near to him by his grace so that they can receive his salvation through their faith in Christ Jesus and he is patiently at work in his world waiting for that to happen waiting for those to come to faith in him all his people to come to faith in him so we can pray and not be discouraged because we know our God is at work we know that this one thing is true as well and don't forget this don't make any mistake about this Jesus Christ is coming back for us one day he's coming back amen hallelujah that's a hallelujah spot go ahead and say hallelujah Hallelujah. that's a hallelujah spot Jesus Christ is coming back for us today and when he comes back he's coming back swiftly like a thief in the night like a thief in the night if we had time we could go all through the second half of Luke 17 He said, two women will be grinding grain. One will be taken. The other will be behind. He said, two will be in bed. One will leave. One will be behind. Hey, listen. God will swiftly grant justice to us in Christ Jesus. Make no mistake about it. Then he continues in verse 8. Nevertheless, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find that faith on earth? What's Jesus asking here? He's saying, "When I come back, will I find my followers following me by faith? Will I find my followers praying for my return?" The right answer is yes. Hopefully, Jesus finds us following him by faith today. Hopefully, Jesus finds us praying for his return today. You see, we've got to remember when it comes to praying always, God's perspective is eternal. Ours is often temporal, which is why Jesus says pray always and not become discouraged or lose heart. So we see two contrasts. We've shared the first contrast. Now let's look at the second contrast, the contrast of the widow with us. We see here, the widow was a stranger. She didn't know the judge whom she was approaching. The widow was alone. The widow didn't have an advocate with her as she went before the judge. The widow was powerless. The widow didn't have any money to offer a bribe to try to influence the judge to grant her justice. The widow was appealing to an unjust judge who didn't care anything about her or anyone else. You see, the widow did the only thing that she could do in order to receive justice and she persistently begged the judge for justice day after day after day after day and I want you to see and understand the contrast between the widow and us is striking because you see we are not strangers to God we are members of God's family by his grace alone through our faith alone in Christ Jesus alone we are never alone we are never ever ever alone we have God's Holy Spirit living in us God's Son Jesus is interceding for us God's people our brothers and sisters in Christ are around us. We are powerful in Christ Jesus. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you and lives in me. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. No one or nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. Therefore we can boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses because when we are weak, that is when we are truly at our strongest. You see, we are powerful in Christ Jesus and we have the joy and privilege to appeal to our good, good Father in Jesus' name. He loves us and He wants us to pray to Him because He stands ready to answer our prayers according to His will for us. If an unjust judge will reluctantly respond to some widow who is driving him crazy, how much more? How much more Will our almighty, sovereign, and loving God respond to us and answer our prayers as we cry out to him day and night? How much more? You see, Jesus used this parable to teach us to pray always and not be discouraged or lose heart. One of the reasons why is the truth is it's easy for us to get discouraged in prayer. It's easy for us at times to lose heart as followers of Jesus in prayer. Quite honestly, there may be some or many of us here this morning, and if, if we were all just 100% honest And open with what's going on. Some or many of us would probably say, you know what? Truth is, Pastor, I'm discouraged. Discouraged in prayer. I've lost heart in prayer. See, Jesus understood this. Which is why he spoke these words to his disciples years ago. But these words are for us today. There are many reasons Uh, Why we get discouraged in prayer. I just want to share just a few with you, real quick. Many reasons why we get discouraged in prayer. We get discouraged in prayer when uh, we wait for God's answers. We get discouraged in prayer when we wait for God's answers. We know God's answers are divinely designed for us, we know God's delays are divinely designed for us and what's best for us. But we get discouraged in prayer because we hate to wait, we don't like to wait. We want those answers here, right now. We get discouraged in prayer when we don't understand God's answers. We know God's answers are best for us, and we know God always does what's best for us, but we can get discouraged and lose heart in prayer when we don't understand God's answers. We get discouraged in prayer at times when we deal with difficult people. It's easy to get discouraged in prayer, to lose heart in prayer when we forget that God uses difficult people in our lives to grow us stronger in our faith in him. And God uses difficult people in our lives so that we might be used as a blessing to them. And so we always find ourselves at times praying about this difficult person. God, would you remove this difficult person from this situation? Or God, would you remove me from this difficult person? When God's saying, no, 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 no. I'm using that person. We get discouraged, but God's trying to help us understand, no, 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 no. I'm using you to be a blessing to that person. They need my son. And by the way, I'm using them to make you more like my son. We get discouraged in prayer when we Deal with difficult circumstances, it's easy to get discouraged when we take our eyes off of ourselves and we take our eyes off of the Father and we place our eyes on our circumstances and we just focus on our circumstances and we try to see God through our circumstance, the, the lens of our circumstance, and we get discouraged. Because of the difficult circumstances that we find ourselves in, we get discouraged in prayer when we don't see change. We pray and we pray and we pray and we're. We're praying always, and we're walking in obedience to the word, and we're we're persistent in prayer. We're persevering in prayer, and and we're praying and praying, and for whatever reason, we don't see change in ourselves. For whatever reason, we don't see change in others. For whatever reason, we don't see change in our circumstances. We, We don't see anything different, and it's easy at times, if we're not careful, to get discouraged, to lose heart in prayer, and to stop praying, because after all, there's no change, and our enemy begins to bombard our minds with, his lies that god doesn't love you that god doesn't care about you that god's not listening to you because if he did love you if he cared about you if he's listening to you this would be different this circumstance would be over you would be at a different place a better place and so it's easy to get discouraged and lose heart when we don't see change it's easy to get discouraged and lose heart in prayer when we keep giving in to sin we get discouraged When we're praying, and yet we continue to give in to temptation and sin. We get discouraged when the sin that so easily entangles us is entangling us. Again. And again. And again. We get discouraged in prayer at times when we keep waiting for the return of Jesus. It's easy to get discouraged as we pray for Jesus to come back. And yet we continue to see the world drift further and further away and become more and more antagonistic and opposed to God, the Word of God, And the people of God. Jesus, in these times, to you and to me, here in this very moment, says to us, pray always. Pray always. Do not become discouraged. Do not lose heart. You see, we pray always so we can be a blessing to those, God, places around us. We pray always so we can cast our cares on God. We pray always so we can confess our sins to God. We pray always so we can be encouraged by God. We pray always so we can feel be filled with the peace of God. We pray always so we can live humbly before God. We pray always so we can persevere in our faith in God. We pray always so that we can walk in obedience to God. We pray always as we wait and watch for the return of Jesus. We pray always for others to place their faith in Jesus. We pray always so that we can praise God for who he is. We pray always so we can thank God for all his many blessings in our lives. We pray always so we will not become discouraged, so that we will not lose heart. You see, if an unjust judge will reluctantly respond to a widow who is pestering him for justice day after day after day. How much more will our loving God, our sovereign God, our all-powerful God, our all-good God, our all-knowing God, how much more will our God answer us? How much more will our God Help us. How much more will our God bless us? How much more will our God forgive us? How much more will our God strengthen us? How much more will our God love us? How much more will our God use us? How much more will our God bless us? How much more will our God respond to us as we cry out to Him day and night? My brother, my sister, Pray always. Do not become discouraged. Do not lose heart. Because our God hears and answers our prayers. His answers are always best for us. Because he knows us. And he knows what's best for us. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I want to encourage you to do just what the scriptures